ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas or topics for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way you can do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sf as in sioux falls sfcatholic.org again my name is chris bergwald i'm do- joined on the phone today by deacon omar gutierrez deacon omar how are you i am well how are you chris doing well thank you uh we'll introduce ourselves a bit more momentarily but today deacon omar are going to be talking about um how parents can more easily readily and fruitfully hand on the faith to their teens especially in a culture where uh that's that's i don't know sometimes mildly sometimes um pretty pretty intensely contrary to the faith or at odds with the faith um where where all sorts of ideas are out there some of which might perfectly align with our with our catholicism others which run directly contrary to it. How do we as parents um, hand on the faith as as best as we're able to, to our teenagers? That's what's, what we're going to be talking about today. But if you've never listened to Ignition before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls in Eastern South Dakota. I've uh, been in that role as we're recording this, been in that role for over 17 years, but more importantly, been in the role of husband to my wife, Jermaine, for for over 20 years, um, and we have five kids. Um, three of them are teenagers. So uh, today's topic is very applicable to the life and times of the Bergwald family. Deacon Omar, would you mind introducing yourself a bit to our listeners if in case they haven't heard you before? Not at all. Uh, so Deacon Omar Gutierrez, uh, I am the president and co-founder of the Evangelium Institute in the Archdiocese of Omaha. It's a nonprofit uh, that works with Catholic adults, focusing on uh, Catholic school teachers. Um, I've been working for the church, I guess it'll be 19 years uh, this summer. Uh, my background is in theology, but with specialization in Catholic social teaching, um, which is why I often write about for the paper in the Archdiocese and, and around the country and, and, and give presentations. Um, I um, am a longtime friend of Dr. Bergwald. We go way, way back. Um, and uh, uh, most importantly, um, I am married to Miriam, uh, 15 years, and we have uh, four children and one on the way due here. Oh, 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah, so that's moving along. Yeah. That's very good. Um, uh, and one you, of which is a teenager, by the way. One of which. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so. I originally hail from central Minnesota. Deacon Omar, we were talking before we uh, went on the, or we started recording, um, that you grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, right? Yes, that's right. My wife's from um, Ohio herself, so I have some affinity. Um, And as a Vikings fan to a Browns fan, uh, you're welcome. (laughs) So I I was sorry to see Kevin Stefanski, our offensive coordinator, go. but I, I do sincerely hope that he can help the Browns come out of their doldrums. Yeah, because it's been a, kind of a while. 
uh, yeah. really yeah. my my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, back in the eighties, there were there were there's some good news. There was this coach who Cleveland had and they fired. What was it? oh Bill Belichick? That's right. And okay, Bill anyway, Belichick. yeah, yeah thanks for bringing that up. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, so teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a sports show, um, so we will uh, we'll, we'll 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 leave that for another time, perhaps. Um, so. Oh, Digging Omar, when you and I were talking about um, maybe some episodes to record for Ignition, um, this topic that we're talking about today was the first one, actually, that you brought up. And again, th- that the challenge that we face um, as parents, but even, you know, in, in yours and my respective roles as, as catechetical leaders in the church, you as, a, as an ordained permanent deacon, me as a layman, um, director of faith formation in a diocese, th- that challenge of handing on the faith to the next generation Maybe just to start with, why, like when you're thinking about things you could talk about on this this broadcast, why did this come to mind as something that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so I uh, saw this because um, at, at sort of the waning months of 2019, I had four different parents come to me um, about their adolescent kids. Um, one was... Uh, like they had a kid in a, in a secular college. Uh, the others had kids in Catholic high schools, and they were concerned about, you know, why is my kid suddenly moving away from the faith? And they wanted uh, some advice and some help from me, uh, maybe to meet with the the, the students. And wh- when I did, um, you know, it's uh, this is nothing revolutionary. It was it's nothing new that we have to do. But I started to to have this sense that there's there's something that's missing in the, what we're communicating to our young people. Um, and I think one of the things we do well is communicate to them the love of God. I mean, I, I grew up in the, in the 80s and 90s. I remember all the songs about how much God loves us. So right. I think they're getting that message today, obviously, with social media and all the, all the things that sort of distract our young people. It may be difficult to get through that, but I think they're getting that message. So there's got to be something else, and and so I wanted to talk uh, maybe about what could be missing and maybe what we can do better. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely think, um, and and you mentioned this when we were we were talking about this topic. You you mentioned a point that Bishop Robert Barron, who's certainly one of the the most effective communicators of the faith today, a point that he made about um, how young children these days. I mean, I think the example that I remember him using was. Uh, his, his, I think it was his niece's young child. Yeah. Uh, who, was his brother's niece. His, bro- his brother's yeah. niece. His bro- okay, so was able yeah. to to just go on and on and on and about about the the, the intricacies of the 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 new the start. Well, it was Star Wars episodes one, two, and three, the prequel trilogy. Like all these characters. <laughs> I mean, so this is and, and all these details. And yet, when it came to matters of faith, uh, his yeah. sense of her experience, at least, was that that she she wasn't she, she, she while she was able to know the details of the Star Wars movies, what she was being offered in terms of robust intellectual formation in the faith mm-hmm. was was not at the same level. And similarly, then um, in, in the other subjects, now fast forwarding maybe to high school years, taking AP literature and knowing mm-hmm. you know Milton. And Dante and the rest, but when it came to the faith, not nearly at the same level of intellectual rigor, right? Yeah. So that's a great little video. He talks about visiting his brother, and he he said that his his niece was going into her final year at a, at a prestigious Catholic high school in the Chicago area, 
and and his, his brother says, "Hey, look at the book she's reading. She's got Hamlet, not a Cliff Notes version of Hamlet, but actually Hamlet. She's she has the Aeneid in Latin because she takes Latin, so she's translating the Aeneid. And I I did that years ago, and it it's one of the hardest things to translate. She's doing that. She has this gigantic physics book, and then when he gets to her religion book, it's this like paperback, big pictures, small sentences, big type. I mean, he just thought we could do better than this, right? Um, and so he got for her Augustine's Confessions, um, Thomas Aquinas' Volume 1 of the Contra Gentiles, uh, St. Bonaventure, Dante's Divine Comedy, Chesterton's Orthodoxy. He got Now, some of that stuff may not be necessarily for everybody, but his point, um, which is what I'm seeing as well, is that um, we don't do a great job communicating the intellectual heft and tradition that the Catholic Church brings to the question of religion. And philosophy, um, so that when I um, I had so I had a, a mom come to me. She's a teacher at a Catholic school. She didn't grow up Catholic. She married a Catholic who was nominally Catholic, but she was really felt, hey, look, we're Catholic, and we should we should do the right thing and really sort of delve into our faith. And so they made the difficult decision to send their daughter to a Catholic high school, um, and it's a difficult decision because you know it's not cheap, right? So they send their daughter to the high school, and um, uh, she's a junior now, and she's just she's not interested in the faith at all. And yep. Yep. here, this mom is telling me what <laughs> what's going on. Like that's why we sent her to this high school. And uh, and in defense of the high school, I know the staff there. I know them well. I know the theology department. They're all very good people. Um, they do a great job of maintaining Catholic identity. But this young lady felt like she couldn't go to her theology teachers. She couldn't go to some of her other teachers. She just wasn't interested. So I said, hey, I'd, I'd be willing to sit down with you and her and, and just see what, what answers she, what questions she has and what answers I can give. So I did. And Chris, there were, there were pretty basic questions. Mm. Like, um, you know, why do we have, uh, why the perpetual virgin Mary Mary? And why do we have sacraments? And why do, why can't priests get married? And, and um, uh, what about the infallibility of the Pope? Like, pretty basic things for like, so for an hour or so, um, we sat at a coffee shop, and I kind of explained it. And um, she, the mom reports to me after it, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but she said to her mom as she was leaving the coffee shop, "I wish everybody could hear that." Um, in other words, what they they don't seem to be hearing is they're a really good, intellectually coherent, and philosophically deep answers to the questions that a lot of our adolescents have. <laughs> Um, and it seems while we, we, we do a good deal, a, a, a good job of telling them that God loves them and God desires them, um, we're not always necessarily so good at, at passing on that, that philosophical heft um, to answer those very difficult questions that they are seeking as, as young people. Amen. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and talking today with Deacon Omar Gutierrez of the Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska, about how we can more fruitfully, ably, and effectively hand on the faith to, to teenagers. So um, my what my takeaway here from that, Deacon Omar, is um, 
to call you. And so Omar's number is 402-555-1212. No, that's not his number. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> no. um, so you have this conversation with, with this this young woman, um, and, and she's got questions that you're able – I mean, an hour isn't two minutes, but it's not like this was a, a semester-long class that you spent either right. with her um, answering those questions. So what, what do you yeah. – what do you – what was your sort of takeaway, not so much from her per se, but how she's maybe a paradigm for the problem that we're facing? Is it, is it that maybe we're not, is it, we're not equipping our, our teachers to answer those questions? Is that there's not really a framework or a place in religious ed programs or Catholic schools just to have that sort of more of open forum? What's your at least initial assessment of, of the yeah, challenge that way? really good questions and points. So, yeah, so I think it's obviously a combination of a lot of things. In, um, in the state of Nebraska, part of it is, is sort of our state law is about um, certification for teachers, and, and uh, you have to be certified in something else that's not religious even to be able to teach at a school. And, and so oftentimes these are people who went to school for something else who are now sort of thrown into religion class. Um, but they, they – so they're, they're – uh, well-meaning, uh, oftentimes very well-formed people, um, sort of catechetically, but you know they don't necessarily have a background in philosophy. They don't have a necessary background in, in deeper theology. Uh, one of the things that she, you know, I was able to provide to this young lady was, I can I can tell you what the early church fathers said. I can I can tell you the Greek behind some of the phrases in the scriptures that may be confusing. And our, the average Catholic school teacher can't do that, and they shouldn't be expected to be able to do that. Right. So, um, so we need to be able to equip them better. Um, part of it too uh, is, um, uh, you know, the, the parents. Was, one of the things this, this young lady had going for her was a mom who cared so deeply about this. She was going to fight for her daughter, and I, I saw that. And all these parents who came to me, uh, these are parents who are are not just sort of throwing their hands up, but they're aware of the issue. They have open communication with their children. Um, uh, so their children can speak to them about their doubts and not feel like judged, and 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 the parent can then do something about it. But there was something else you said that I thought was really very important. And that is offering kind of an open forum for discussion in the classroom. And one of the things that this young lady and other young people I've talked to have said is <clears throat> there doesn't seem to be an, uh, a chance to to doubt openly and have the conversation yeah. in the classroom. Um, because I don't know why. Maybe the teachers. I mean, obviously, they have a great deal of pressure on them, and they're trying to get through a curriculum. But there's not there's not that opportunity to, to open and question and wrestle with these things. Um, and that's a different way in the style of teaching than maybe most teachers are used to. Right. And I, I do. Th- I mean, I think there is a challenge. I mean, I, I I definitely feel for theology or religion teachers in our Catholic schools oh, that way because there is sort of uh, today um, in, in most Catholic schools um, because I, I think. In, in a, an unnecessary correction from um, decades past where a religion or theology class was, you know, sort of all just about, you know, God loves you and so on, as you said, and not as much intellectual content. There, there is an attempt to correct that and make it more like other subjects where there's, mm. there's scope and sequence and curriculum and so right. on to get through. Um, so, so I think that they, they maybe feel constrained a bit by that. The teachers, uh, constrained a bit by that, at least the ones I talked to voice this, 
where they don't feel like they have the space for that open form. And yet, and yet, I mean, to to this overall point that you're making, Deacon, making Deacon Omar, this is this is so necessary for for the maturation of the faith of of, of a young person, a teenager, a young adult, whoever it is. Um, you know, I, I think often about how it was. Um, I think it was before Pope Benedict, Cardinal Ratzinger, talking about how the faith of the church is like um, the stained glass windows of a cathedral. You know, from the outside, they just still look dark and dingy. You only see the brilliance, the beauty of the stained glass when you go inside the church and see it from inside. But but you have to go inside the church first. And, and for many teens yeah. to really enter fully into the church, they've got some questions like, What's going on in there? <laughs> like, right. they, they, they want to get their questions answered. Like, why should I go in? Um, we're, we're there and be invited. Come on in. It's, you know, the water's great kind of thing. Um, it's beautiful in here. But rightly so, there's a little bit of like, well, before I'm going to do this, I, 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 there's some things I'm wondering about. Uh, and there's not really... Um, Right now, again, I think both parish and school level, um, many, many people are struggling, our catechetical leaders are struggling. How do we answer those questions um, so that they can enter more fully into the church and discover its beauty and its richness? Yeah, exactly. And and the the fact of the matter is, uh, again, in defense of of all those teachers out there, you know, we're dealing, especially now with a culture that I didn't have to deal with when I was a kid, which is... Um, you know the, the the internet and all the things that it brings to you are are young people when they go out and they're searching for the question answers to some of the questions they're asking about the meaning of life or human sexuality or whatever they're getting all kinds of answers and very intellectually um, uh, weighty answers on YouTube and elsewhere and that that's where they're getting it right. um, so if we if we can't provide that that's uh, we're kind of shooting ourselves <clears throat> in, the, in the foot so you know positively. Speaking like so, how so? How do we begin to change this? I think uh, you know. I'll go back to my comment before about the the mom, um, who has a kind of relationship with their child that she can speak openly. She's aware of the issue and, and she's proactive about it, and so she seeks out someone to to try to answer this or deal with the the problem. Um, but for parents, like so, what 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 can we do? Um, I only have the one uh, teenager so far, but I think. One thing that um, my teenager appreciates and the teenagers I've worked with appreciate is is kind of challenging them with this this higher level of of, of thinking um, uh, and and exposing them to to, to really good books uh, and and intellectually coherent um, uh, videos and things like that. Um, so one of the things that Bishop Barron had recommended was uh, Chesterton's Orthodoxy, and I think yeah, that's a good place to start for for many young people because he he's got an easy style and he can be kind of funny, and um, it, it's the sort of book that can help start a really good conversation. Yeah, and I think too, he's he, um, this author isn't Catholic, but one of the most well known and most effective Christian apologists of the 20th century, C.S. Lewis. Um, and Father Fred, Chesterton wasn't Catholic when he wrote Orthodoxy, for that matter. But he was he was definitely on his way in. But Chesterton, with those uh, sorry Lewis, with those basic questions about Jesus and his divinity, um, mm-hmm. and, um, and some of the you know, God's existence, um, Lewis is is one of the great apologists. But there, there are so many, as as you indicated, um, videos and books today. I mean, Formed.org from the Augustine Institute, yeah. Ascension Press, all sorts of 
books in print for teens. And again, going back to a point that we, we made early on, um, we don't need to dumb down the faith. I mean, you, when you look at the intellectual yeah. rigor uh, that, that they're being exposed to in other disciplines, um, in, in, in science, in English, in math, um, they're clearly, uh, the, the average American high school student um, is, is, is clearly able to, to handle a certain level of intellectual rigor. So why not give them say, the same amount of rigorous formation when it comes to the faith as well. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast from the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Deacon Omar Gutierrez of the Archdiocese of Omaha in Nebraska about handing on the faith to kids. So before it was called Deacon Omar, and now it's read good books. I don't know which I prefer, to be honest. But... <laughs> um... And I also want to uh, point out that it's, this is not, I'm certainly not suggesting that, but like, focusing on this is a silver bullet. I think it's, it's you know, it's the both and. So uh, I know so many um, young people who've, who've had really in, uh, great experiences, going, let's say the Steubenville conferences or NCYC or, you know, going to youth events where they're surrounded by other young people who actually care about the faith. And um, one of the things our young people are searching for so much is a sense of community and belonging. Right. And so when, you, when you're able to give that to them in the context of, of people who love the, the faith, that's that's huge. Um, I was I was giving a presentation in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee a few months ago to a young adults, and um, uh, there were like two three hundred young adults uh, who took their Saturday just to to learn about the faith and to um, to be with each other and maybe to find a spouse. I don't know, but the 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 point was that they they were all there together in community because they believed the same thing. And, and there were kids from different parts of the state of Wisconsin and even Illinois who came because they wanted this. They're hungry for it. And I think our young people are so uh, are as well. So those conferences are good. Um, exposing them to, um, uh, you know, the, the kind of uh, uh, emotive, emotional um, uh, encouragement that comes with that kind of event is important. But we just can't forget the philosophical thing. I'll mention just a couple other uh, stories, too. There was a, uh, a couple of young Jesuit brothers that I met a few years ago who were stationed at Jesuit prep school, an all-boy Jesuit prep school, and, and one of them taught an introduction to philosophy class. Um, and uh, after his first year, halfway through his first year, the students uh, in the senior class voted him the most popular teacher. Uh, and the reason was because he he dealt with them, he treated them like they were young adults, like they were right. people who could handle right. these kinds of deep philosophical questions, and they respected them for that, and they learned. More importantly, they learned, um, and uh, they felt like they had some kind of uh, strong foundation for their faith. And the kids who went through that class, and there's you know, a couple of them uh, who are now in college, um, you know, they're, they're pretty strong in their faith to this day. Um, I'm not saying all of them are, but uh, it does help to have that kind of intellectual rigor. And I and I think kind of um, so so thinking again of the parent maybe so the, the, the like, like the woman who approached you and and mm-hmm. parents who are listening might be okay this is great but I don't know philosophy I don't know theology like right. I didn't receive it well so so Dr. Christie Deacon Omar what do, what do I do and again I think. Uh, there's so many great resources out there. Some of the names we mentioned, Bishop Robert Barron, he's got all sorts of videos yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Peter Kraft is a philosopher who writes in a very accessible way, an apologist as well. Uh, we, we, you mentioned Deacon Moore, you mentioned um, G.K. Chesterton. I made reference to C.S. Lewis. There are all sorts of people out there, but sort of what do you recommend? I mean, I think we approach our, our parish priests, our diocesan or archdiocesan offices. There are people there around who can help you find the resources that you're looking for with your kids. Don't you think, Deacon? Oh, absolutely. So um, uh, that's oftentimes where they're there. And, and our priests uh, are formed in this way. They they have to study philosophy. They know some of this stuff. Um not uh, all priests are, are, are equally gifted, but um, if your own particular pastor doesn't uh, know these things or find it difficult, I guarantee you he knows somebody in his class or another brother priest in the diocese who is into this and can recommend or can sit down with with you and your your, your child um, just to answer some basic questions. Um, and I also want to recommend, too, when you're looking at those videos, um, one of the things I love about Bishop Barron is he's got all that great material, but go seek out Bishop Barron, when he's talking to people who disagree with him, yeah, uh, yeah, look at those videos and sit down and watch them with your your child, uh, your teenager, because um, those are very instructive about how to have a conversation. First of all, in a culture where we scream at each other so much, yep. how to have a conversation, how to have a real debate, um, and and so watch him for his style, watch him for his answers, uh, and watch him how he can. Um, gently, charitably agree and disagree with people uh, who are Protestants or people who are completely not Catholic and believe totally different things that we believe. He's really very good at that. Yeah, he he was on uh, last year in 2019. He was on um, Ben Shapiro's Sunday special show. Ben Shapiro is oh, an yeah. Orthodox Jewish political commentator. Um, so they agree they agreed a number of things, but but Ben being Orthodox Jew, Bishop Barron being obviously a, a Catholic bishop, they disagreed. On things too. He was also, maybe this is 2018 now, uh, Bishop Barron had gone on uh, the Rubin Report. So Dave Rubin yeah. is, he was then at least, then he was an, uh, identified himself as an atheist. He's uh, a gay man who's who's legally married in the state of California. Um, and Bishop Barron went on and, and, and talked. They, they didn't talk about baseball. They, they talked about <laughs> matters of, of, of faith. Um, and and morality. I mean, in in a very as you said, charitable, kind way, uh, winsome manner. Uh, he was he was able to have conversations with both of these men on issues that they deeply disagree about. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've only got about this has gone by quickly, Deacon. Um, we've got two minutes yeah. left. Uh, any anything that you want to um, just leave our listeners with as as we draw this episode to a close today. Yeah, just uh, just for parents, and absolutely, we're both parents, Chris and I, and um, uh, I I know there can be a lot of anxieties associated with this. And you, there may be listeners who, maybe their kids are grown up and they've 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 left, and they're they're maybe you know not under your purview anymore. And so you're wondering, well, what do I do now? My kids have moved on. Uh, so first of all, don't beat yourself up over anything um, at, at all. Uh, we have a, a, a difficult culture to deal with, uh, and I have no doubt you've done the best you can. So don't despair. Now, my brother, who um, grew up in a semi-Catholic household, my dad was an atheist, my mom was Catholic, uh, went to Catholic school. He left the faith um, when he was 16, um, but it was just about a year and a half ago or two years ago that he finally came back. So he was gone for almost 35 years, uh, and eventually he came back. So there's still hope um, for those parents who have those teenagers and uh, are wondering what to do. Uh, Keep the lines of communication open. Um, uh, ask them about what about their school, especially about their religion and what they think about it. 
um, really try to engage them. And, and if you can answer those questions, um, uh, take some of the advice we've given and, and, and sit down with your, your child and, and, and share the faith, share your own faith with them. Uh, that's, that's the best thing of all. Amen. Yeah, witnessing to your own faith and the difference it's made it's made in your life and why you you embrace it yourself and also of course pray pray for them as Amen. much as you want them to embrace the faith more deeply or re-embrace it or embrace it for the first time um, the Lord wants that even more than you so so pray to Him pray to the Holy Spirit for um, the renewal or ongoing renewal of the faith of your son and your daughter and seek the intercession of of good old Saint Monica. And Deacon, Deacon Omar, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Chris. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at Catholic, with any thoughts, questions, or topics for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.